welcome to another episode of Joy in Your Circus. I'm your host, Sabrina Irvin, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. Today's episode is a little different. Today's episode is focused on something I really don't know anything about. And you're going to sit there and think, well, why the heck is she doing a podcast episode on something she knows nothing about? Well, it's a learning experience for me. And today's episode is focused on co-parenting. And I have learned so much about co-parenting through family and friends and research. And I am very interested to share some things that I have found out with you today on the episode. I have learned a lot just through conversations with listeners. And over the past six months, I have really tried to immerse myself in the lives of people around me who co-parent. I had a group of moms who co-parent in some capacity share their views with me and just what they go through through a survey. I have decided to take the survey findings that I had from the group of listeners, as well as some of the personal research that I have put in, tie it all together. And it's almost in an effort to draw my own personal perspective in a way, but I need to reiterate something that because I personally am not in a separated or divorced situation, I'm only drawing my conclusions on the information that I have found through the group survey and through some of my research but I have chosen not to use names or actually interview any of my guests in person on this episode just in an effort to protect everyone involved. Protect people from repercussions from sharing very personal and intimate details of their family. Every situation, every family is different. And I think it's important that we recognize that parenting after a split can't fit into this neat little box. It's messy. So one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode was to normalize the chaos of co-parenting. I've heard numerous times over the years that moms feel alone when they go through this. They feel like they must be the only one dealing with certain circumstances. They must be the only one dealing with awful ex-families and they must be the only one dealing with scheduling conflicts or a narcissist ex or just communication breakdowns. And in doing this episode, it's serving to normalize the mess of parenting after separation and divorce. So to start, I want to dive into some of the sections of the survey that I sent out to the listeners who agreed to be a part of this anonymous group survey, just to help me gain some perspective into some of the struggles and the challenges that moms go through in co-parenting. And when I say co-parenting, that can really encompass a lot of different types of situations. And I tried to find a decent enough balance um, among the moms that were included in this survey. So to give you an example, we had a couple moms who have children with their current partner and their spouse also has a child from a previous relationship. We had moms who are currently in a relationship and both of them have children that they bring to the marriage from other relationships but don't have any children together currently. We had a few moms who are in a relationship and co-parenting children from the mom's previous relationship but her current partner does not bring any children to the relationship. I asked the moms who are currently co-parenting kids with their ex what their biggest struggles are and the responses I got 
varies so much and it shouldn't be surprising to anyone as every situation is so remarkably different. Multiple moms responded to the survey saying their biggest challenge is lack of communication. One mom said absolutely everything is a challenge, hands down absolutely everything she does. Another mom said there are too many things to list. Another mom listed consistent discipline being her biggest co-parenting challenge. One mom specifically listed dealing with her ex-husband's family as the biggest challenge she faces. I had another comment that my ex creates horrible untruths about me in order to drain me in legal fees that I absolutely cannot afford. My ex will not get on the same page about extracurricular activities for the kids and it's driving an unnecessary wedge in our families. We had multiple moms comment on their biggest challenge being splitting holidays. We had one mom who's struggling with co-parenting this year specifically. She said they had a fairly civil co-parenting situation until this year when her ex is constantly trying to switch their days around and it's becoming extremely difficult to deal with. I thought there was one really interesting comment and I've never really thought about this. She said that I'm trying to promote a semi-healthy menu for my kids and my ex is the total opposite, which is becoming a huge challenge when the kids switch houses. Routine was also something that came up numerous times between the survey responses. Just being able to get a routine at their house. I saw a common theme answered to this was dealing with behaviors and what I mean by that is behaviors correcting behaviors when the kids come back from the other house behaviors that aren't supported at their home which are allowed at a different house many moms also mentioned dealing with kids biological mothers as being the greatest challenge of all so as you can see it's just like a slew of different things but they're all going through challenges nonetheless I asked the moms who are currently stepmoms to talk about their biggest obstacles in the role of a stepmom. One mom said she struggles to feel appreciated and loved by her stepkids. Multiple moms responded talking about the challenges in dealing with different parenting styles between the houses. I didn't go through the pain of birthing these kids and I struggle with stigma from society that my family was born of the loss of another family. That stepmom guilt plagues me. As a stepmom, I feel I can never do the right thing in the opinion of the biological mom, and that causes huge challenges for me. We had one mom mention that she feels like she doesn't get any respect as a stepmom. Even though I didn't biologically create this child, I'm pouring my energy, love, and time into caring for her. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Another mom saw her biggest challenge as a stepmom simply to do with the fact that her stepdaughter has this need to please her biological mother constantly and it floods her view of accepting her as a stepmom. She says, I struggle not to take this rejection personally every single day that she's with us. There was one mom who was really sad. She said, I feel degraded and rejected by my stepkids. Even though I invest my heart and my soul into caring for them, I'm seen as a monster. I also asked the moms to pretend that they could speak their mind to their ex or their spouse's ex regarding co-parenting. 
If they could speak without any repercussions or judgment, what would they say? Let's just say this list was pretty long. So here's some of the things they had to say. I'm not trying to be their mother. They need to do chores. They need responsibility at your house and my house. Stop babysitting your own kids. If I could speak my mind without repercussions, I would tell my ex that his family needs to stop interfering in my life. We aren't together and I'd appreciate some space. You think you are punishing me and getting back at me, but you are really punishing our kids. Put your greed aside for the sake of our kids. It takes both of us being adults in order for this to work. I wish you were less of a narcissist and we could be successful. I just wish we could be in the same room without me feeling threatened. Our kids don't care about child support. They care that you show up and that we are there for them, not fighting in front of them. I wish I could tell my ex that body language speaks louder than words. That it would be nice if we could be civil in front of the kids. If I could speak my mind without repercussions, I would tell my ex that his family needs to stop interfering in my life. We aren't together and I'd appreciate some space. If I could speak without repercussions, this mom said, I would tell him to stop stalking my social media for dirt on me, things that he could use against me. He needs to check his temper and be more patient with her. I wish I could just tell him that without it coming back at me. Another mom said she wishes she could speak openly with her ex about the fact that their kids are picking up inappropriate language from other kids in their home and that he needs to step in before this gets out of hand. I wish that you could get our kids to activities on time. I hate that you're so late to everything. I don't hear the end of it from coaches. Please step up and be responsible. Our kids feel that they have no rights. They are learning that their feelings are wrong. And they are fearing us as parents instead of loving us. There were a few moms who said they wish they could tell their ex to stop being two-faced and putting friends and family against them. Stop using our kids as puppets between us and the lawyers. Another mom said, wished that she could openly speak to her husband and let him know that the communication between them isn't working, that the level of disrespect she feels with every single email, text, and phone call makes her feel small. These moms have very real concerns, but they fear that having these open conversations with their ex will lead to repercussions in their arrangement or some of the things that they may lose as a result of speaking openly with their their ex about how they feel and about how they feel they're treated. So these women sit there and deal with these emotions and these concerns every day in silence. I asked the moms in the survey if they are in a new relationship how this is affected by their co-parenting, how their relationship has been affected by dealing with co-parenting with an ex or with their partner's ex and some of the answers I got were interesting. The first one was our day-to-day is just pure chaos and my partner hates it. 
This mom says, my husband hates how worked up I get every single time I get an email from my ex. My anxiety level has definitely caused tension in my marriage. Another mom says, it takes a full day after the kids go to their dads before I feel relaxed. I'm on edge lately when my kids are under my care. I'm always worried I'm going to say or do something that it will lead to more legal issues with my ex. My husband really hates the fact that I'm not myself because of what my ex does to me. A couple moms talked about the fact that they argue constantly with their spouse simply because their spouse feels that they get taken advantage of by their ex. One particular mom talked about the fact that her husband feels that her ex walks all over her and that she won't stand up to him, but she hates conflict, so she won't. Another answer I got was, I constantly have to remind my partner how hard this is, and I constantly ask him to put himself in my shoes. The co-parenting struggles they have faced has made their relationship stronger. But I don't know if many could survive what we have been through because of our exes. I'd say my partner and I are on the same page for co-parenting together. We have the same concerns when it comes to my ex. We had a few responses that were very, very similar to that. And I think that's interesting to note. Um, When you and your partner are on the same page about everything, I think that that definitely has an impact on your relationship if you and your partner are not on the same page with what the issues are that could create some extra drama for you at home in addition to the other co-parenting drama you have going on with your ex and I can only imagine for the moms that go through that what their day-to-day mental health is like so I think that's important to note that it's not always the drama with the ex it's sometimes drama within your own home regarding the ex So I think that's just another interesting component to this that can affect the mental health of moms for sure. I asked the mamas who took my survey that if their child has a stepmom, what they find to be the biggest challenge with a stepmom. And I got some interesting answers to share with you. So the first one is, my kid's stepmom hates me. This sounds harsh, but it's true. I'd love to be friends or at least have her acknowledge my existence or even make eye contact with me. She also said, I'm constantly struggling with her being their best friend, and I'm over here trying to discipline and correct behaviors learned at that house. Another mom talked about the fact that their kid's stepmom is so two-faced, it causes major problems. I've learned that as long as she treats my kids well, that's what matters most. My ex and I got along much better before he got into a relationship. After she came along, My ex-husband now treats me like garbage. I'm 99.9% sure every nasty email he sends me was drafted by her. My ex was controlling to me in our marriage, and now he is being controlled. Karma. This mom in particular talked about multiple challenges. Uh, The first being, my kids tell me all kinds of stories about their stepmom, which makes me constantly worry about her ability to care for them. She also said, I'm constantly struggling with her being their best friend, and I'm over here trying to discipline and correct behaviors learned at that house. Another mom talked about the fact that their kid's stepmom is so two-faced, it causes major problems. The issue isn't a stepmom in my case, but my ex has a girlfriend, and her son bullies my kids. He's quite mean to them. The last mom said, 
My kid's stepmom is a knockout, 10 out of 10 beautiful woman. And my biggest challenge is that I am constantly comparing myself to her. It's been genuinely damaging to my self-confidence and I don't know how to stop comparing myself to their stepmom. In some cases, things can be extra complicated when it comes to having two separate co-parenting situations. If you and your partner both bring children into the marriage, there can be some really complicated situations. And I asked the moms who are dealing with this situation to talk about the biggest challenges they face with two separate co-parenting arrangements. So here's what they had to say. You can't control what goes on at the other houses. The rules are different than at your house. You just have to understand that. Another mom talked about schedules and how schedules are a total nightmare between the two families. Planning family events with two separate co-parenting situations is awful. I can only imagine that two families and oh, I can't even imagine dealing with that. So high five to all the moms that successfully plan family events with all of the kids there. <laughs> Separation between step-siblings can be tough. Now that's another component that I didn't really think about. When you have kids, if you have an arrangement and you have two separate households and sometimes the kids, if the schedule is not necessarily having all the kids at the same time, some kids are home while the other ones are at the other house and they're missing the other kids and then there's separation when they leave. That brings a whole other complicated dynamic for parents that I never would have even considered. Behavior can be a challenge in our house when we have all the kids together because really we have three sets of rules clashing. Now that's interesting because yeah, really like you've got three houses that these kids are around. So you've got, you know, mom's kids are visiting dad and then they come to mom and you've got dad's kids visiting their mom and they come back to dad's house so there are three households really in the mix here so I can imagine that when you bring all those kids together again it can be a bit chaotic and there can be fighting and behavior issues and that can be an added stress for parents so I asked our moms in a perfect world what would an ideal co-parenting situation look like in their opinion and again these answers are going to vary based on the situation but it just kind of gives you an idea into their world into what they wish they had so here's a couple of the answers that I received from the survey just to give you some information I received this answer being able to talk openly and freely regarding the kids without judgment and this mom says in her ideal co-parenting situation she would have an open dialogue about behavior issues with the kids Ideally, we would have open conversations about our child. We have a high-needs child, and it would be great if we could both attend specialist appointments together. In a perfect world, this last mom, she says she would love to be able to meet once a month briefly to connect on events, appointments, or any issues with the kids. Being able to have joint parent-teacher interviews again. Being able to chat with your teacher about your kids being on that same whether I guess it's Zoom now or in person, typically um, being able to discuss your child's education and their behavior at school in the same room without it turning into a blame game, that would be, that would definitely be ideal. Having joint birthday parties, I think that might be wishful thinking, but that is a good ambition. I would say in a perfect world, that would be great. 
Going on vacation without having to set up cameras in fear, your ex or someone they hired will vandalize your cars again. So this is an extreme situation, an unfortunate situation, where parties just aren't getting along. There's a lot of issues behind the scenes, and I feel like in a perfect world, things like that wouldn't happen. And I feel for moms that are going through situations like that, where there is a lot going on behind the scenes to add stress and extra things into your life. I love to not feel anxious every time my ex emails. I constantly fear being attacked. Ideal co-parenting is simply feeling that we can communicate as adults without needing lawyers. That would be amazing. I'd love to stand on my porch and exchange pleasantries while we exchange the kids, not being left outside in the cold. I wish my ex-husband's family was not involved. They're toxic and they add fuel to any fire. For the next series of questions, I asked the mamas to rate different things. So we got an idea of on a scale of 1 to 10 where they sit. So 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. So the first one, I asked them to rate the level of communication between your ex and yourself. And every single mama said 2 or less. That's bad. (laughs) That is brutal. That is a huge problem. And I feel like it is a common problem because every single one of the moms who did this survey said the same thing. Communication is the tough spot for a lot of moms. So if you're struggling with that, please know you're not alone because every single mom who did this put it as two or less. Okay, so to encompass some of the other situations who took this survey, some of the other moms who didn't necessarily have their own ex in the picture, to rate the level of communication between their spouse's ex and their family. So this would encompass if you were married to someone and so your husband had kids and it's talking about the level of communication with their biological mom and your family. So this one's a little different. So we had, they're all under five. Every single mom rated the communication level under five, but we had answers ranging from one to four. So a little better than the communication level that moms say they have with their their ex-husband, their ex-partner, but still not above five. So if you are not in a co-parenting situation and you're listening to this, you're probably in the same boat as me and thinking the mental health impacts of these relationships have to be huge because you think of all the different things that I've listed already that these moms have answered, how these things impact your mental health. And I asked the moms to rate the impact this has had on their mental health. And guys, I asked them to rate it from one being it hasn't had an impact to 10 being like it is off the charts. And we had no answers below eight. Out of all the mamas that answered, every mama was eight, nine, or 10. And that hurts my heart because I know so many moms are struggling with mental health that are going through these situations. And I hope that if you are listening and you are one of those mamas who is struggling, please make sure you're reaching out for help. Please make sure that you are taking care of yourself because you don't need to struggle alone. You don't need to deal with mental health on your own. There are supports and there are things that you can do to try and take care of yourself because as a mom, we need to take care of ourselves. Whether you are solo parenting, whether you are in a relationship, in all situations, mamas need to take care of themselves because it's kind of like in the airplane when they tell you in the like little safety briefing that you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you help others. You need to take care of yourself so that you can help others effectively. 
So that one hit me huge that all of these moms felt the same way. They all felt such a heavy weight on their mental health. I asked the moms to also rate the level of respect that they felt that their ex has when he speaks to the kids about you. So how your ex-partner is talking to the kids about you. Do you feel that he is respectfully speaking about you to the kids? And honestly, I was shocked by this one as well. Again, I said, please rate this. You know, I said 10 being they talk like heavenly about you. They are polite. They are respectful all the time to one being they speak like crap about you to the kids. And every single mom that this applied to said one or two. That tells you something that these mamas always feel small. They always feel disrespected. And that again ties into mental health because if you feel like your kids are always hearing negativity about you, that has an impact on your mental health. Like, holy moly. I asked kind of in reverse. So if you are a stepmom, do you feel respected by your spouse's ex? So do you feel the biological mom respects you? And this was varied. Um, I got answers at the bottom of the barrel. I got like one and two. And I got the top answer I got was five. So kind of in the middle, they felt like sometimes they are respected and sometimes they weren't kind of a balance in there. So I think, again, mamas to mamas, like we, we've got to find a way to respect each other. I think that we, we've got to find a way to support each other, even if we don't agree with each other, to support each other, depending on our situation and everything's different, but respecting each other and making each other feel loved and supported through all situations. This is so incredibly important and all of this ties back to mental health and how these moms are left feeling after these interactions. And the next question I had was I asked the moms to rate whether they feel that the other party values the information that you provide to them about the kids. So things like um, issues at school, their behavior, uh, if they're having trouble at school, does the other party value when you share this information? So varied in the answers here. They were not consistent. So we had nothing in the middle. We had people that said 8, 9, or 10, as in they felt it was very valued. And then we had a bunch of people say 1 and 2. So very different situations. So we can't make any sort of like generalized conclusion here. <laughs> But I feel like it just kind of gives you an idea that some of those moms are really struggling with presenting information to their ex-partner about the kids. And that's hard. Being in a position where you feel like you can't share information or you feel defeated or blamed every single time you provide information, that it's not coming back as a, okay, what can we do approach? How can we help the kids? How can we benefit the kids? What can we do to change this and improve this? It's feeling blamed or judged or shamed by providing this information. So again, tying back to mental health and all of these things impacting the mental health of moms. I'm always interested in how parties feel about their custody arrangements. So do you feel that it is fair to both parties? Do you feel that it is fair to you and not the other party? Do you feel like, how do you feel about the terms in which you guys are dealing with? And I asked them to kind of give me feedback. Do you think it's fair? What are your thoughts? And 90% of the moms said they feel that the agreement is fair to both parties. So that's interesting and I guess good 
that the majority of the moms feel that the custody arrangement is fair to both parties. So that that's reassuring, I guess, out of all these questions. So much of this makes me feel down and defeated, but that's good in a way. Um, there are some moms that answered that do not feel the agreement is fair to them. And that's tough when you end in a situation like that. And those are the situations where they're battling. They're trying to get more time. They feel like it isn't fair and it's not right. And I feel for those parents because you're going through these battles and not only is it draining mentally, those battles are draining financially when you're dealing with lawyers. And what I have heard from many moms is they're just tapped out. They don't know how to fight anymore. And I also wanted to know, in addition to some of these rating questions, if they had any advice for parents that are maybe heading into co-parenting situations. So if you are heading into a situation of mediation after a separation and you are looking for some advice, it's coming at you. The first one I got was this. Ladies, your sons and daughters need their dads. If he's there and he's willing, it's a must for your kids. That's good advice. The next one I got is always do what's best for the kids, not your personal financial gain or to do whatever you can to hurt your ex. Do what's best for your kids at all times and not your ego. I got another piece of advice here. Stand your ground. Don't let someone walk all over you. You are just as entitled to your feelings and concerns as they are. Co-parenting is not for everyone. Sometimes we have to parallel parent. And I thought this was really interesting because I had never heard the term parallel parenting. So if you have heard this term before and you are... Like, oh, Sabrina, how come you didn't know about this? I apologize. But I had to educate myself because I didn't know. I've only heard the term co-parenting. So parallel parenting, if you are just catching this for the first time like me, some information for you. So parallel parenting is something that is for parents who don't get along. So there's co-parenting works best when parents can get along in some capacity. Parallel parenting, parents who can't get along. Co-parenting, parents work together for the good of the kids. In parallel parenting, parental interaction is minimal and limited. Parenting plans when you're co-parenting can sometimes be open-ended and have a bit of flexibility. Parallel parenting, it's the plan has to be very specific, comprehensive, and in writing. When you think of co-parenting, parents can communicate with each other regularly. They can use various modes of communication, whatever's convenient without worrying about repercussions and lawyers and things like that. Parallel parenting, parents only communicate through email or a co-parenting app. Their communication is very, very limited to keep conflict at a minimal. When it comes to co-parenting, both parents try to have consistent rules, consistent parenting styles for the kids to have that consistent atmosphere from house to house. Parallel parenting... Neither parent interferes with the other's parenting style or choices unless the child is truly in danger. So that was really educational for me because I had never heard the term parallel parenting. And when I think about some of the situations that I have learned about through my survey, some of these parents would definitely fall into parallel parenting versus co-parenting. So I thought that was really interesting. So the fact that this mom brought this up as advice You know, don't be defeated if you're looking at more of a parallel parenting situation versus co-parenting because sometimes that's the case. And ultimately, we have to put the kids first 
and that may work best for your family. I had another mom send me kind of a list of various tips and things that were kind of just to help someone out who is just starting this process. So the first thing she mentioned is lines of communication. And we already chatted in the survey about the fact that communication was one of the number one fails in co-parenting situations or parallel parenting, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, So communication, let your child communicate with the other parent. Keep the lines of communication open between all parties. Teamwork, so deciding on the rules for the houses, curfews, homework, technology usage, all the things that are important to -to day-to-day structure. Make sure that you are on the same page, if possible, from the get-go. And again, these aren't going to work for everyone. As I said at the beginning of this episode, we can't put this in a neat little box. I wish we could because I have so many friends and family that are dealing with these situations and struggling and I wish for all their sake we could put a neat little box with a bow on it for their situation but it doesn't always work but these are just some tips and things to consider when you're starting this process this mom had some helpful information boundaries so you're not in charge of how your child feels about the other parent that is the child's job to make their decision about their feelings keep trying don't give up co-parenting is not easy You're both going to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to try new things and improvise uh, to make your relationship better. And she also said to make sure that you acknowledge the other parent's rights and opinions. She said it's very easy to get caught up in your ego and what you want, but you need to acknowledge that the other parent has rights and opinions and feelings and thoughts as well about your child. She had two final pieces of advice. Um, The The next one was pick your battles. You're not going to love everything that your ex-partner does. You will not. But you need to decide what is worth fighting for, what is worth bringing up. And sometimes you have to pick your battles in order to save your sanity. The last piece of advice that she gives, she said is the most important, is to give your ex the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the things that your kids say. Because She says one of her kids likes to create all kinds of crazy tales and stories and sometimes she has to take it with a grain of salt. She has to initially give her ex the benefit of the doubt and remember who is telling the story and that it may only be 50% true. (laughs) But she says just to make sure, you know, you, you really have to take every piece of information with a grain of salt when a kid is telling you a story. You have to take it seriously and you have to listen and hear what they're saying, but you also need to kind of have them the grown-up perspective on the things that your kids are telling you that are happening at the other home because sometimes our kids like to create those stories so it is hard to decipher what is true and what isn't true so that can be a tricky balance but to initially give your ex the benefit of the doubt um, and you may save yourself some headaches. There was a piece of advice that came from one of the moms and I thought it was really good She said, set ground rules early for introducing new partners to the kids. Agree to provide each other a heads up in advance of introducing any girlfriends or boyfriends. And I think that's fair. Like, I think being able to be notified in advance that you're going to be introducing someone to the kids' lives that's going to be, you know, close proximity to them. I think that's respectful. Um, Another piece of advice that I found really interesting was establish a business style relationship with your ex. Avoid talking about past hurts and focus strictly on information about the kids. Treat your ex as a coworker and communicate directly with them. Don't make the kids a middleman. 
I assume that would be really important just to keep things as simple for the kids and to not have them feel like they're caught between parents. I think that's definitely helpful advice for someone transitioning to a co-parenting relationship. So when it's all said and done here, what did I learn? Well, first off, I learned that solo parenting, that mamas who are going through these situations are tough. I've learned that mamas going through these difficult situations are incredibly strong human beings. These situations are messy. I don't know that I've ever met a mom who is divorced or has gone through a separation that has said, oh, well, things are cheery and everything goes well and we get along and everything's great. I have never once heard that. I just want to stress the fact that if you are in a situation like this, you are not alone. There are so many moms who are struggling. There are so many moms who are trying to survive day in and day out. Their mental health is struggling because of dealing with a narcissist or an ex who is just toxic to their current relationship. You are not alone. You are incredible and you are doing the best you can for your kids. At the end of the day, you love your kids and you're doing what's best for them. And that makes you an amazing, amazing mama. I have learned that nothing about co-parenting or parallel parenting is simple. There are always complicated situations. You think you're out of the woods of all the drama and something else pops up. I wish and hope and pray for all the mamas listening who are affected by situations like this. I wish you a drama-free month. I wish you peace. And I hope that you find some comfort in knowing that you aren't alone. Listening to some of these stories, perhaps some of them connected with you. Perhaps you said, wow, that's exactly what I'm going through. And that's the point of doing this. It's to normalize the chaos of what you're going through because every mom is going through the trenches, whether you are married to your baby daddy or you are divorced and struggling. But regardless of where you're at in your motherhood journey, regardless of what things look like for you today, I hope that you find some joy in your chaos. I hope that you find some peace in your mess. I hope that you find some time for self-care to take care of yourself because in the end, your kids need you. They need their mom to be healthy. They need their mom to take care of herself before she takes care of them. Thanks for listening. Now go find some joy in your circus.